Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions on this weekend. We pray that God is using you in a significant way and let you know God has plans for you. And we would love for Exploring Missions to help you to realize God's full plan and purpose for your life. Again, Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and it's a joy to be with you again, Nathan. It's my joy as well. And uh, Exploring Missions is where we look at what God would have individuals to do, because all of us, after we've been saved, we're on mission for God. Uh, Someone said evangelism, and it would be true with missions, is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And uh, we're all beggars when it comes to spiritual things about God. And our guest today is Shay Hayes. Shay is an employee here at AFA, AFR. She's in data processing, and uh, she opens mail, but she also receives telephone calls. And uh, every once in a while, she'll receive a telephone call at about what was going on with Bert Harper and what he said, because sometimes uh, I'm not as clear as I should be, Nathan. So Shay is so <laughs> graceful, and great. we're grateful for her. Shay, welcome to Exploring Thank Missions. Thank you very much. And you're in data processing. You've been here about two or three years now, right? Three. Mm-hmm. Three years. And that is a joy to have you, and we're glad. And uh, But while you're on Exploring Missions, I know you're active here in our local community and uh, uh, dealing with children especially, mm-hmm. and I've heard that, and that's exciting. But recently, you got to go to a foreign country. Tell us a little bit about this trip that, that you made not long ago. Uh, yeah, I got to go to Botswana. Uh, for people that don't know, that's in the southern part of Africa, almost as far down as you can go, right above South Africa. So they're can, neighbors to South. Most of are. us know about South Africa. Yeah. Uh, it's a significant country. Right. And uh, so it's right above it. It is. Between it and the equator, anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, we were below the equator, which uh, is, is something totally different to have to get used to. <laughs> yeah, okay. And on your trip, you were going with a ministry group. What mm-hmm. what what ministry group, mission group were you with? We went with Wycliffe. Okay. They're and Bible translators. Bible translators. Nathan, how important is Bible translators? Uh, it's supremely important. You know, God's Word uh, was given to us, and, you know, many times we forget the uh, the rest of the world does not all speak English they or don't, the they same don't language. They all use the King James version. Yeah, they wouldn't even know who King James <laughs> might be. Um, but now uh, I didn't mean to offend those that loves. I love King James, but uh, you know the world is not just old but, English. Yeah, and and you know you can't expect people you know living in the other side of the world to learn the same language. So. Yeah. What what we should you know want to do then is see God's word translated into the language into their heart language, where they can understand and read for themselves or at least hear for themselves, and uh, and make response to God, you know, based on His word. We how can we respond if we if we don't hear hear the word? Amen. Absolutely. I want you to tell a little bit of a story how you came in connection with Wycliffe in this uh, on this mission trip. 
Uh, I mean, a lot of times people go with their local church, local denomination. But how did you, as a, an employee at AFA, hear about Wycliffe and sign up and get to go? Tell well, the reason I want to hear that. I want others to hear that because this may uh, hit a note with someone saying, "Man, that's something that God wants me to do." Well, uh, honestly, it was all God. Um, I was getting ready to go walking, and I got a phone call. Uh, from a representative at Wycliffe, and um, I decided to sit down and listen to what she had to say. And She asked me, she said, how did you hear about us? And I said, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know to this day how um, how we got in contact with each other, um, but she was super excited to have me on the phone, and I was very interested in what she had to say. Um, and so she said, well, we've got a trip leaving in three weeks. And I said, wait a minute, I don't even have a passport. <laughs> um, so she asked me to send some information and to work on getting my passport. And um, I went home and I, I prayed and I said, Lord, do you, do you is this something you're interested, you know, in me doing? And uh, I said, if you do, then I need money for a passport because I don't have it. And literally, uh, the Lord provided the money within two days. And I went. You went on that three week notice trip? Uh, no, I. Okay, we I, actually, I, thought, I thought. No, no, we okay. actually we actually went to uh, to a later one because I did have to get the passport. Okay, I was thinking to say, if you got your passport in three weeks, no. that was a double, not just yeah. a miracle. <laughs> Yeah. No, that that did take a little while to get, but we went on a on a later one. So. Nathan, what is it that some people say to get ready for missions? The first thing you do is yeah, you got to You know, I've heard uh, Gordon Fort, who uh, was vice president of the International Mission Board for a long time, say that you can't be obedient to the Great Commission without your passport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, that's the first thing you need to prepare to do is go ahead and get that passport ready. So, so you're Very set true. for several years now, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Well, was this your first trip to a foreign it, country? Well, I went to, I lived in Saudi Arabia um, for a period of time when I was a teenager. My dad worked um, for Lockheed Martin. And so we lived in Saudi Arabia for a couple of years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we pause here? Because I want to ask a question that's yeah. about, so recently, I don't know if everyone listening has heard the news, but recently Saudi Arabia has declared for next year, 2018, that women are going to be finally allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia. Um, all the all the Saudi friends that I have and in, in the a lot of the Saudi students that I've met over the years, that's the, if you don't know anything else to talk about, that's the number one topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. You can ask someone from Saudi Arabia, what do you think about women driving? And everyone <laughs> has an opinion. And some will agree and some will disagree, but it's always interesting to bring up that topic. So... Shay, let me ask you, what what do you think about the new law in Saudi Arabia allowing women to drive? Honestly, I think it's probably going to be scary at first. <laughs> I mean, these these women haven't ever driven, you know, any of them. Yeah. Um, and in Saudi Arabia, the women ride in the back seat. I mean, there's dress shops they're not allowed to go into. The men have to buy their clothes for them. And it's... Um, it's a totally different world. And so, honestly, I'm glad I'm in this country while they learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason you're knowing them is because your work for the last five years with Global Frontier Missions. Nathan, tell us a little bit about that while we're here. Well, just um, over in Atlanta, there, you know, Atlanta's one of those global cities where you have people from all over the world have come in, and including college students, many college students from Saudi Arabia. And um, getting to meet some of those guys at the Georgia Tech campus helping to teach English have English conversations, and um, yeah, you meet a lot of um, uh, interesting people in a global city, and, uh, and you know, sometimes people hear Saudi Arabia, and they just, they freak out. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they get afraid or something, but like you mentioned before, Shay, people are people no matter where, they conversations are. are the same, That's right. and, uh, and there, there are people that 
that need to hear God's word, you know, in Saudi Arabia, you really can't be found with a copy of the Bible Mm -hmm. uh, without expecting some sort of repercussions and consequences. And uh, there's other places like that. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're doing, but I, I think God is in this. What's happening. God is taking difficulties as he always does and works good from it. A lot of the people who are leaving the Middle East because of the persecution, especially of ISIS, many of them have gone to Europe. And yes, there's been an abundance and possibility, obviously, of overpopulation at, at one time during that period of time. But what God's doing, there's many of them out of their culture now, and they're free to hear the gospel, right. and many of them are being saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's God, yes, isn't are. it? That's it how is. God, God yes. takes those. I think that's Romans eight twenty eight. God takes those things that we don't see as good, but God, man, God intervenes, doesn't God. he? Amen. He intervened in your life, too, he hasn't did. he? He sure tell did. Us a little <laughs> bit of, before we go any further, tell us a little bit about your, your coming to the Lord, Shay. Um, well, I pretty much grew up in the church. Um, we, I actually got saved here uh, in Tupelo at Calvary Baptist when I was seven years old, um, and baptized on TV so the whole world could see, so I've got a living record. Um, but um, spent. my dad was uh, an assistant pastor for a while, and, um, you know, like I said, just grew up in the church, and I, I don't think there was ever a point where I didn't believe that I was saved um, because people go through those phases where they're not sure if their salvation is real or not. And um, I've always known in my heart that I was that I was saved. Um, there was a point where I got mad at God because I lost my firstborn son. Um, but I realized that God can handle that. I realized that all things work together for he the does. good. That's right. I, I don't know, know everything he's doing, but I trust him. Absolutely. And the older I get, the more I turn to John chapter 6, uh, when Jesus said, unless you're willing to eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be not a disciple. And I always say that he's not teaching cannibalism. He is teaching be completely overcome by his spirit, by who he is, and just take him all in. That's right. And it says from that time, many didn't walk with him. Yeah. And then Jesus turns to Peter and the other apostles, and he says, are you also going to go away? And Peter, of all the things he said, this one means most to me. To whom would we go? You have the words of life. Well, during that time that I, you know, that I was, um, I say mad at God, I, I really just didn't want to talk to him because, you know, I was hurt. But I feel like having gone through that and coming out the other side, I felt closer to the Lord, um, you know, because of the pain that I went through. And I was able to understand that he was still there Amen. no matter what. Reminds me of another phrase here that when uh, the Tin Boone sisters were in a prison camp uh, during World War II, a Nazi prison camp, uh, Corey Tin Boone and his, her sister Betsy, they were in a, a flea-infested camp. And Corey was doubting God and said, and Corey said, this pit, this pit is so deep. And Betsy says, there's no pit so deep that God's love's not deeper still. Amen. And uh, if you're listening today and you're listening and you're hurting and you're in that low place in your life, God will lift you up with those everlasting hands. He, he's underneath you, trust in him. I say, pray you'll trust, and you did that. Yep, absolutely. So God brought you out, and we were talking about how you got in touch with Wycliffe. Mm-hmm. And you raised the money, and you were able to go. Yep. And tell us a little bit about that trip. 
Uh, well, it was amazing. Um, before I had even known for sure that I was going to go, somebody randomly walked up to me and handed me a third of the money that I needed to go. Mm-hmm. So I knew God was in it. I knew he was. And um, getting there was a very long flight. Um, it was 25 hours wow. to fly there. Um, and when I got there, it was because I had been to Saudi Arabia. Um, I wasn't so much in a culture shock as I think some people might be. Um, but the people there, before I left, I had a, a doctor here from the Congo tell me, um, he, he asked me, he said, do you have insurance on your plane ticket? And I said, no, why? And he said, because some people fall in love and they don't want to come home. And I said, no, I'm married. And he said, no, not, not with somebody. He said, with Africa. And mm-hmm. I knew what he meant when I got there. It wasn't the land because in South Africa, you don't, um, you don't see the lush green flowers and all of that that you see um, up north. Um, but it's dry um, and it's a desert um, type setting. But the people are just unbelievably loving, and um, they just they draw you in like your family. And I, I honestly did fall in love with the people. Isn't that what usually happens? It's yeah. the people. That's right. And uh, God's God's amazing to put in our heart uh, a love for people. And you brought that home with uh, you. Oh yeah. And yeah. these people, they're in your mind. I pray for him every day. Every day. Every day. Okay. Uh, there was one particular girl um, that was going through some some personal issues, and um, we prayed with her. We were able to support her and and help her through the trials she was going through. And um, there was a lady who got sick um, who was trying to help with the translations and had to leave. And we prayed over her. And the doctor said she made a miraculous recovery because they didn't expect her to recover. They thought that she was going to be in the hospital, and she wound up coming back the next day and completely healed. So we, we saw many, many wonderful things while we were there. The ministry of prayer on on prayer, on prayer mission trips is real. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Before you go and while you're there, isn't it, Nathan? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, you you know, a lot of times, um, you know, maybe here in the States in the comfort of our own uh, living rooms or bedroom or even in a nice sanctuary in, in a church building somewhere, we might read the, the words of Matthew 28, 18 and 20, and it says, you know, that all power and authority has been given to me, and go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Then at the end of that, it says, I am with you always. I've heard people say that, you know, when you're, when you're in a comfortable place, you tend to focus on the middle part, the instructions of going and making disciples, baptizing and teaching. But when you're out in the mission field and on a mission trip or somewhere, not as comfortable, maybe a scary place or a new place or where things are a little bit more difficult, you really see the bookends of the power and authority that God gives you and that he's, his presence is with you. He's with you always, no matter where you're at. And, um, you know, maybe some of us focus too much on that middle part without experiencing the, the first and the, and the last. To go into a country that is less uh, convenient in all the necessities, what we, what we call the necessities of life, <laughs> It would be a Almost for them. Impossible to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after you got there and you started meeting the people, tell us a little bit what you were doing there. Um, well, I was uh, when they invited me to go. I told them I don't speak any other languages, but they said I didn't have to. Um, and when she tried to explain what I would be doing to me over the phone, it didn't really make sense. But I was willing um, to go. And when I got there and figured out what I was doing, I thought, now I can do this. Um, because I know the Bible um, and I know English. <laughs> and what they were trying to do is um, in their, um, I think 
one of the examples that I was given was um, in Africa, snake is a delicacy. And so um, the verse in the Bible where Jesus says, you wouldn't, you know, if you ask a father for a fish, he's not going to give you a serpent. That doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't translate to them because to them, a serpent would be a good thing and fish, you know, is plentiful. So um, that's where I came in was trying to help them to make that connection between their language and ours. And when they would run across something that they didn't have, um, that they didn't have a substitute for in their language, we would um, have to brainstorm and come up with something to substitute that. That's amazing. Yeah, there's lots of little things that we don't think about in translation, but um, they're they're big deals. And our, the first yeah. time I ever heard that was concerning Australia, and it says, you know, he'll wash you, and you'll be as white as snow. And the Aborigines, of course, in in uh, Australia, are dark skinned. And the white is usually the ashes that come from a fire, mm-hmm. which shows they need to be bathed. Mm. And they and the first time I heard that, and this is when I was real young, and I didn't understand languages and everything, and I still struggle with languages. That's not my strength at all. But it's amazing how the importance of the other program that, that I'm involved in, Exploring the Word, in taking the context of a passage and putting it in to the content of where we are today. And because of the culture that Jesus was in, the culture that the Hebrews were in, translating that to Botswana or to Australia, you may have some difficulties there. Is that how important, is that why, and I'll ask you, Nathan, this, is that why translations are so important? I mean, when you get down to it. I mean, it's, you can you can never, you know. Everybody uh, likes the literal translations. They they think the more literal, the better. And generally, that's true. Uh, but you can't be a hundred percent literal um, from the original languages to translating into any language, English or whatever. It would uh, only be true for Hebrew and Greek. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so you have to translate. You have to interpret. Um, and like you're talking about, using the context uh, to help determine the content. And so it's, you know, it's, these are things that I, I'm with you. I, I don't understand a lot of this, but um, it's amazing that people like Wycliffe can come into a community, come to a group of people, say in Botswana, uh, bringing someone from here in Mississippi together and not having a common language, mm-hmm. but still uh, through the Holy Spirit and, and God leading them, come to a, a, a good, accurate understanding of what God's Word is. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's amazing to me. Did you, Nathan, talking about the Holy Spirit, he, he gifts us. He really does. Yeah. Could you feel his presence working oh, in, in you there? How, uh, well, when you, when you say that, it's connecting with the people, but also with that whole idea of using your gifts, mm-hmm. and he aided you in that. Yes, yes. Amen. He, he would give me understanding a lot of times for scriptures that um, I've read a million times, and I could, you know, I could repeat them verbatim, um, but having to translate it into another language, all of a sudden I'm having to look at it from a different perspective. And through the Holy Spirit, we're able to to make it fit into their language, you know, like holding up a diamond and, and looking at it in the light. You can see all the different colors shining through it, and it, it was truly something to, to be part of. 
Okay, the people that you were with were from different parts of the United States, or were they from other nations, or were they from um, the the table translators? There were um, about ten of us from different parts of the U.S. There was um, two people, also one from Brazil and one from Argentina, that had come, um, and then of course the the locals. We had four different tribes um, that had come to try to translate into their languages. Their language is. Were you working on one particular book or a section? Or They really get to choose what uh-huh. book they want to do. Um, Wycliffe will suggest. Um, but if they really have it in their hearts um, that they want to have a certain book translated, then they, you know, they'll say, okay. And um, we had a group, we had a tribe called Chiklahari, and they had no written language. Hmm. And they came and they said that they wanted to translate John into their language. And that's one of the hardest books for translation <laughs> But purposes. it's one of the most valuable books. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why they wanted to do it. So, you know, we, we had to explain to them that the process would be slower um, because it was, it was a more complicated book to try to translate. But they, they were all for it and they came in and tackled it. And uh, they were able to get um, three chapters completed. Let me clarify here. They have a spoken language, but they did not have, did a, not have a written language. So, so how do, yeah, how does that happen? They they collaborated. There was four of them, and they collaborated among themselves to try to decide how to spell words that they spoke. Wow. And so, yeah, it was a very, very tedious process. So was this it? was possibly the very first written language it for was. this. What, what's the name of the language? Chiklahari. Chiklahari. Mm-hmm. So this is the beginnings of an alphabet and the beginnings it of is. Yes, a written language. everything for them. Is this one tribe or? That's one tribe. One tribe. The other three tribes we have, they did have a written language. They have a lit. Nathan, the unreached people groups and the people that do not have the Bible in their language, um, it makes you think of the scriptures about when Jesus comes back, before he comes back, that every tribe, every tongue. Uh, again, you just talking to me about getting my mind around a Written language is difficult for me. I, I admit that. I'm, I, I had a hard enough time with English, much less <laughs> Greek uh, and Hebrew and all of that. No, you're much better than me. You got your mom's. For those that don't know, Nathan is my son. He got a lot of his mom's abilities in English, none of mine. But that is just unreal that we could take a the Bible, the book of John, and you have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. That's you start at the bottom level of they got. And that s- was that was part of what we realized is what we were actually fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And their goal, Wycliffe's goal, is to have the Bible translated into every language by 2025. So they have a very lofty goal, but they're on pace to hit that. So they're going to need a lot of volunteers. They're going to need a right? lot of volunteers. They're always looking for. So volunteers. if they got English and they got is computer skills really helpful for something like this? Um, not really. I mean, they can show you if you if you know the basics, you know how to move a mouse around. They can show you. They do take the first night that everybody comes in. We basically assess your skills. Um, your biblical knowledge and that sort of thing. And if you need help with the computer, they'll set you down and show you how to use it. But um, if you don't know how to use the computer, then they will give you a different assignment and let somebody else use the computer. So I know in a court of law, you're not supposed to ask a question unless you know the answer, but this is not a court of law. So I'm going <laughs> to, you was talking earlier about knowing the scriptures. Mm-hmm. 
and going to Calvary Baptist Church here in our headquarters town, Tupelo, Mississippi. And I know it was big in Bible drills. Yes. <laughs> is is that where you got some of your Bible knowledge? It is. It is. Do <laughs> you know my? Uh, I, I, that's a little personal. And uh, we did because, we did Bible yeah. drills, and you know we had um, the. What is it during the summer where they have the summer camps for the kids yeah. and, and teach them all those things? And um, I'm, my daughter's completely engrossed in that in that type of scenario now, too, because I'm pounding it into her, you know, because it's essential. It is essential. You're going to use it every single day of your life. So that that you got when you were a child mm-hmm. is was being used in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. God does. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste anything. Did you ever dream that when you were memorizing those scriptures that. Oh, no. I Honestly, I have always had a heart for missions, um, but I never saw myself as actually going on a mission trip. Uh, it just, you know, I've supported missions and, and cried over, you know, stories and things that I just, I never thought that I would be one of those people that would actually go to do missions in a foreign country. I've, um, I guess the Lord says, you know, if, if you can use a little, if you can do good with a little, he'll give you a lot. And I've always looked at my, my local town and my local neighborhood as, as my mission field. So Nathan, that sounds familiar with you. You always had a heart for for missional purposes and everything. Does does that come from a heart of a child that maybe God has plans for and deep deep things, or is this should be for everybody, but they're not sensitive to it? I think it's for everybody at some level. Uh, not everybody is going to go to Botswana and help translate scripture, um, but everybody that's following Jesus, you know, we should have that heart of a child that wants to be about our father's business. And we know our father's business is to glorify himself in all the earth among all peoples. And so the people that we're next door to, the people that we work with, uh, the places we find ourselves in, that's where we can be faithful in those little things. And and let God handle the rest of of moving us where he wants to move us, giving us a random phone call (laughs) while we're out on a walk. Saying, come to Africa with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, God will take care of that. Um, and, and it's our job to maintain that heart for him and abiding in him um, and, and reading in his word. And I just want to go back to what you said at the beginning of, of this interview, Shay, and, and the pain that you've gone through in your life, um, dark places, um, desperate places in life. Imagine people around the world that are in those same places but they don't know the one who has the words of life. They haven't heard those words. Um, that makes this work of translation and, and giving people access to God's word uh, desperately important um, for their sake, but also for, for God's glory, you know, his, his global glory. And um, so thank you for that work. And um, if someone's interested in Wycliffe and wants to know more about what they do and maybe even how can I be involved in this? You know, they have questions like that. What can, how can they find out about Wycliffe? Uh, they can simply go to the Wycliffe page, um, just as I did, and it, it'll show you different missions that they have that are coming up. Um, and I think they go out as far as a year, and um, you can ask for somebody to call you and talk to you about it, or you can sign up there online. How do you spell Wycliffe? W-Y-C-L-I-F-F-E. The reason I say that, some people are challenged the way I am <laughs> in spelling and Shay, thank you for being with us today. I'm glad you got to go, and I'm glad you answered that phone that day on that walk. Isn't that something? God may be calling you. Uh, it may be on a, with a phone call from someone saying, 
Are you ready to go? Let me suggest this. Get your passport ready and be ready to go at a moment's notice. Thank you for listening to Exploring Visions. Nathan Harper, Bert Harper with you. Hoping you have a great, great weekend. And may God use you on your mission for the Lord Jesus Christ.